Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Mula sa Quezon City, ako si Trisha Aquino. These are the headlines. Kung akala nyo ang dengue ay nakukuha lang sa kagat ng lamok, think again. Spanish health authorities have confirmed the first case of the mosquito-borne virus being spread through sex. A 41-year-old man from Madrid caught the disease after having sex with his male partner. His partner picked up the virus from a mosquito bite during a trip to Cuba. The OIC of the Epidemiology Bureau from the Department of Health, Dr. Ferchito Avellino, tells us more about this new development. Primarily, dengue disease is a mosquito-borne disease. However, there had been recent studies that showed that the virus, which has three serotypes, can be transmitted through blood at the height of the infection. Maari rin siyang matransmit sa organ donation. So kunwari, there had been uh, studies that showed na may isang tao na naging recipient ng isang organ na infected with dengue ay nagkaroon din ng dengue. Now, my Nakita ngayon na recent na findings na just like Zika, it can be transmitted through sexual act. Yung partner nag-manifest and then when they check on the serotype ng virus ay kaparehas ng infection ng kanyang partner at kaparehas mm-hmm. yung attributes ng virus sa Cuba. We also asked Doc Avenino how likely it is for the virus to be transmitted through blood or sexual contact. Other mode of transmission may be possible, but on a very small probability. It is not a public health threat, but it's a, something to consider. Um, implication nito in general is, in all aspects, be safe ka when you engage in sexual act. Last August, DOH declared a national dengue epidemic. The highest number of cases was recorded in Western Visayas. This was followed by Calabarzon, Zamboanga Peninsula, Northern Mindanao, and Soxargen. Despite the surge of dengue cases, Avelino says this is still relatively small compared to the average of the past five years. Pababa na talaga yung kaso natin. Marami pa rin mga regions in the country na mataas pa rin kapag kinumpira mo siya in the five-year average. But the trend now is going down. Psychology and social work experts from Miriam College and Ateneo de Manila University made public the results of their study of the drug war's impact on victims' children. Since 2017, they've been documenting the experience of more than 60 orphans. We spoke with clinical psychologist Mara Yusinko about their research entitled... Ang mga kwentong tokhang ng mga batang naulila sa war on drugs. With the way they describe it talaga is yung the way they felt this destruction is it's not just at the individual level, it's at the level of the home. So parang nasira hindi lang yung dahil nawala yung person, usually it's a caregiver like a dad or a mom. Pero parang gumuho din yung tahanan para sa kanila. 
and not just the tahanan, but the community as well. The trust nila with their security in the community. The children came from three communities in Metro Manila that suffered the most in terms of the number of casualties. We got, in total, mga 62 teens. Well, supposedly, yung kasama sa criterion ng study is 11 or 12 to 18 years old. But then, may mga nakasaliring mga younger kids as early as as young as 7 years old. One of the objectives was not just to get the stories, but to sort of provide a safe space for these kids. Kasi very rare in that circle or in their communities that they also get to talk about these things na safe. So it's really a lot of fear and they don't know what to do. Some of them are showing some sort of traumatic reactions like pag nakakarinig daw sila ng kahit susi lang, yung mga metal clanging. Like there was a kid, he would hide agad. Yusinko adds that the traumatic experience of these children runs deep. So much so that they would cling to any form of security even one offered by the perpetrators of the bloody drug war. So sometimes they talk about it like they're policemen, sometimes they're maskmen. Lalapitan daw sila, and then they would be invited to be an asset in exchange for protection. An asset is an informant of some sort for the police, ganon, or for the maskmen, whatever they are. Kasi they would share stories of their friends becoming asset kasi thin red na if they don't do it, papatayin yung pamilya. And so there, there's no choice really but to do it, right? Mukhang sumobra na po tayo sa kaka-extra rice. Pati ang pag-import ng bigas mula sa ibang bansa ay naparami yata. A report by the United States Department of Agriculture, Foreign Agricultural Services says the Philippines is poised to become the world's biggest importer of rice in 2019. They project that the Philippines will import 3 million metric tons of rice by the end of the year. This means we'll be overtaking the current biggest rice importer, China, whose population of 1.4 billion people is projected to import 2.5 million metric tons of rice this year. The irony is this. The Philippines has always branded itself as an agricultural country. So what happened? Last March, government enacted the rice tarification law, opening the country's doors to only rice imports. Traders are allowed to flood the market with rice so long as they are able to secure the necessary permits and pay a tariff of 35 to 45 percent. Economic managers wanted to bring down the price of rice in the market, which the policy shift did. Data from the Philippine Statistics Authority shows the average price for regular milled rice plummeted to 37 pesos or by 14 percent from rates recorded last year. The price of well-milled rice also went down to 41 pesos, and it's taking a toll on our farmers. Farmers Group on Wednesday submitted a petition to the House of Representatives to repeal the law. It had 50,000 signatures gathered nationwide since October from areas including top rice-producing provinces. Nueva Ecija, Isabela, Pangasinan, Cagayan, Iloilo, Camarines Sur, Tarlac, and Leyte. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But in the cabinet, economic managers are keen to see the policy shift through. At the 11th World Rise Conference in Makati on Wednesday, Finance Secretary Carlos Dominguez III had this to say. There is no inclination to repeal, revise, or suspend the rice clarification law. We are confident that this is the best means to move our agriculture sector forward and foster competitiveness. We will never return to the old regime of unstable rice supplies high retail prices, profiteering, and low productivity. This is not the future of our agriculture. And it's not just the rice imports we should worry about. The Build, Build, Build programs are also raising concerns in the Senate. During the Senate deliberations on the proposed 2020 national budget, Senate Minority Leader Franklin Rilon called the program a dismal failure. Out of the 75 flagship projects, that was proposed at the start of this administration. Exactly nine have started construction. Uh, That's only 2% of the total. Finance Committee Chairman Senator Sonny Angara said the ongoing projects include the construction of Clark Airport and three roads in the same area. Also included is the refurbishment of Estrella Bridge and two other bridge projects in Metro Manila. Malacanang, of course, defended the infrastructure program Presidential spokesperson Salvador Panelo called out Rilon for making, quote, baseless accusations. Senator Frank, look at the administration you previously belong. Six years, not a single infrastructure nagawa. <laughs> malayong malayo. Sa dami. Panelo went on to mention other pending projects under the Build, Build, Build program. LRT, Cavite Extension, Baclaran, Cavite. MRT Rehab, Metro Manila Subway, MRT Common Station. Pero ano ba talaga yung status ng program na to? We checked the National Economic and Development Authority's website. As of July 2019, only half of the 75 projects have been approved by the Investment Coordination Committee and NEDA. Only 21 projects are expected to be completed when Duterte's term ends. The remaining 54 projects will spill over to the next administration. But two projects have been completed, namely the remaining sections along Pasig River from Delpan Bridge to Napindan Channel. This is a component of the ongoing Marikina-Pasig River Channel Improvement Project. There's also Phase 3 of the selective dredging of Pulangi Dam. But did you know that NEDA recently reviewed the list of projects and even added to it? From 75, there are now 100 projects. This will cost approximately 4.2 trillion pesos. Speaking of infrastructure, did you ever wonder why Metro Manila was laid out like this? Or if it was even laid out at all? In a new episode of Conversations with Randy David, landscape architect and urban planner Paolo Alcazarin talks about some of the attempts. Manila has had three or four major master plans in the last hundred years, of course none of which were ever fully fulfilled, starting with the Burnham Plan in, in 05. And there was another one in the 1930s and right before the war under Quezon when the expansion was towards Quezon City. So what happened at every single step 
was that the population became uh, larger and larger. Paolo, when, whenever the average Filipino no, reflects upon our experience in the city, we always tend to identify problems like traffic, flooding, the ugly billboards. What would be the essential characteristics of a livable city? So our problem in Metro Manila is not traffic. Traffic is just a symptom of the lack of a comprehensive transport uh, network. The large capacity mass transport, the secondary, and then the third one. But the third one is actually something that you could replace by walking. Catch part one of this podcast with Paulo Alcazarin in conversations with Randy David. The Gilas Filipinas women's team is competing in Auckland, New Zealand for the FIBA Asia Women's Cup pre-Olympic qualifiers. They were quashed in their first game against New Zealand with a 54-111 blowout loss. But the Philippines still has two games to reach the Olympic qualifying tournament for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. They're set to face off against Korea on November 16 and China on November 17. The team is led by coach Patrick Aquino and bannered by Afril Bernardino, Janine Pontejos, Jack Animam, and Kelly Hayes. There are reasons for this devastating defeat at the hands of New Zealand. For starters, the Gilas women were up against athletes who play pro basketball in their countries as a career. Meanwhile, there is no professional or regular semi-pro league for Filipina basketball players. We'll learn more about this in a new episode of Go Hard Girls coming out next week. Here's a teaser of the conversation among host Siege Tantenko and the five-time defending UAAP champions and new lady Bulldogs. Sobrang daming magagaling na babae na naglalaro ng basketball pero gini-give up na lang nila yun kasi wala naman ang papupuntahan. Pagtapos mo ng college, end game na, wala na. Doon hanggang doon na lang. Unless yun nga, makuha ka sa national team. That was Jack Animam, a graduating player for NU. She was the UAAP MVP in 2017 and finals MVP in 2018. Join our ballers as they talk about their dreams for a women's pro league and what we can learn from previous attempts to do so in a new episode of Go Hard Girls coming out next week. And that was this week's headlines. If you like what you hear, help us make more podcasts by running ads on our shows, or making a pledge to support our storytelling. You can email us at pumapodcast at gmail.com or tell a friend to start listening to us. And don't forget to subscribe to Puma Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform. Maraming salamat po! This summer, you need clothes that you can wear anywhere. For that, look to American Giant t-shirts, shorts, jeans, and sweatshirts. American Giant makes everything in the USA, so when you buy, you create jobs and improve local communities all across the country. Shop summertime closet staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com with promo code WA23.